Hi, I'm John Fedko, and I'm currently the host of KDK Radio's high school football coverage that begins on August 26th on KDK Radio. What's going on, Chuckleheads? I am Carlo Guadagnino. This is Dingo Talk. My guest this week is, uh, I'm going to run down a list of, of some things that he's done. Former president of Vincentian. Yeah. Um, you may recognize him from Friday nights, the uh, the Fedco Zone, Skylights, uh, now recently coming out of, semi coming out of retirement to do a pregame show with Mike White and a host of others for KDKA Radio, John Fedco. John, thank you for taking the time to sit with us. Carl, it's an honor to be on your show. Thank you for having me. Well, it's an honor to have you. I mean, I, I grew up watching you. You're, <laughs> there's there's three stations in Pittsburgh, and there's really one that if you're a high school athlete, you want to hear, you want to be on the Fedco zone. I mean, that was kind of the way it was. Well, I mean, I'm an old man. I'm 62. I got to Pittsburgh when I was 27. So I started in 1987, and I retired from the full-time job in 2010. Stayed on to do Skylights for a few more years, um, just Friday nights. And uh, God had me go run a Catholic high school for a few years. And he rewarded me with two state baseball titles there, which were absolute miracles. I'm, I'm writing a book about just miracles. Those were miracles. And um, my whole life's been a miracle. I don't have a lot of talent, Carlo, but God's been really good to me. I've been going to church every day since I was in high school. Trinity High School in Mechanicsburg, Pennsylvania. That's where I went to high school. Mm-hmm. And uh, just had a lot of prayers answered. Pray a lot. I pray a lot. I say nine rosaries a day. I'm not kidding you. Not well, not so kidding you. <laughs> how do you get to How do you get to Mechanicsburg? Because you you're born in you. We were talking before. You were born in. Yeah, Virginia, my dad was right? in the military. Yeah, my okay. dad was in the military. He was a lieutenant colonel. He fought in the Korean War. He was he was shot down in a chopper in the Korean War. Only guy who survived. The chopper crash killed everybody but him. Uh, and then he fought in Vietnam. Mm-hmm. and um he he was a really smart guy uh he he was involved in vietnam in 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 trying to uh 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 stop planes from being hit by what's called flak and they actually sent him to usc to do some engineering on that and because he went to usc on this military scholarship um and he was working at the pentagon so i was living in fairfax virginia when he retired as a lieutenant colonel mm-hmm. um he said he had to send uh, send me to, to USC, but he retired. Um, uh, and he's buried in Arlington now. He's passed away. His his grave overlooks the the Washington monuments. It's really incredible uh, wow. to, to go to his, see his grave in Arlington. He was a really tough guy. He was a really tough guy, Carlo. And um, he he uh, uh, you know I love my dad. My I'm a, everybody's a product of their parents. My sons are a product of me. Good or bad. If your sons end up good or bad, it's a product of the father. My dad, I, 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 I'm writing a book, and I, the, the biggest moment in my my life, Carlo, um, happened when I was 12 years old. I, I we moved to Pennsylvania. Mm-hmm. I was going to East per- Pennsburg Junior High School, and um, it was the end of a school day, and five bullies <laughs> came up to me, and um, I was just standing there waiting for my bus, and one guy just boom, pow, hit, hits me in the face. I got blood all over me. The next guy, boom, hits me in the stomach. I'm down the ground. The next guy kicks me. 
And uh, one of the kids says, Fedka, this is going to happen to you every single day at high school. And they walk away. Now, this was 1972. It was a different era, a way better era. I It was a day when you when bullies beat you up and teachers didn't get involved. In fact, I remember a male teacher. He was looking at what was going on and he was literally laughing. Mm-hmm. I had blood all over me. I got, uh, on, now I'm the 12 year old kid. I got on the bus. The bus driver's laughing at me. He, I have blood all over my shirt. He goes, hey kid, looks like you lost the fight. <laughs> so I'm back in my seat. I'm 12 years old. I'm crying. I get home. My mom was a nurse. She came home. I was still all bloody. It's like, what happened to you? I said, I got beat up by five bullies. So I went to my room. I was kind of resting. And my dad comes home. It's the greatest moment of my life. It's a tough dude. Now, this he was working for the for, for the government. He was working in environmental resources. He's a really smart guy. So he had retired from the military. And he opened the door and he looked at me and he said, What happened to you today? I said, I got beat up by five bullies. And he said, Kid, you better learn to defend yourself or it's gonna happen again. And he slammed the door. And that's the best thing a father could have done. The best, nobody called any teachers. Mm-hmm. Nobody called any moms. Nobody called the school. Instead, my dad got me a weight set and I trained and I got bigger and stronger and I never got beat up by a bully again. And that, that shaped my life. Mm-hmm. It, it, it shaped everything around me. I, I remember it like yesterday. And I believe how my dad handled it was how I was going to handle it, was going to force me on how I was going to handle adversity the rest of my life. Because the rest of my life, I would find myself in situations where I was facing adversity. And I'd always go back to that uh, moment. Another moment I talk about, I'm, I have a little TikTok thing called Walk On With John Fedko. So I'm not only writing a book, but I'm kind of going over some of the major points in my life. Again, we're going back to uh, ninth grade. I'm playing uh, freshman football at Trinity High School. Mm-hmm. And I'm on the kickoff coverage team. The game starts. We're actually playing East Pennsburg Junior High. <laughs> The game starts, I go down, and a guy comes out of nowhere and boom, takes his elbow and punch right in my nose. My nose explodes. I got blood. I mean, all over. I have a broken nose. I still have it. I still have it. There's blood all over me. Now, the 70s, you guys that are listening to this know it was the greatest time in the world to play football. I got blood all over me. I come off the field. The coach grabs me and goes, Fedco, you okay? And I said, yeah. He said, okay. All right, that's it. I stayed in the game. I played the whole game. The, the guys are playing with that blood all over me. And this nonsense about concussions. I played football. I had tons of concussions. I'm 62. I think I'm in pretty good shape mentally. I, I'm not a believer that concussions hurt you. That's just me because I had concussions, including that day. It made me tougher. And I, I, I praise the Lord for that football coach. It did not pull me out. You did that happens today because the blood the kid they're, they're going concussion protocol. The guy's by sitting out for five games. It was a different era. That ninth grade football game again. That coach mm-hmm. kept me in the game. My nose is bleeding. I have a broken nose. I'm a, I'm, I'm, I'm fourteen. Rub dirt in, uh, take it's a lap. Be- Carlo, it, it 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 ended up. I'm I'm forty years old facing adversity. I go back in time to, you know. Mm-hmm. Just, just you play with it. You play with pain. You get, you, you get yourself back up. No one's going to feel sorry for you. And in this business, um, especially when I was getting in college, you got to understand when I was trying to become a sportscaster in the seventies, mm-hmm. there's no cable. ESPN's just starting. This is 1978. There's no cable. 
-hmm. There's three television stations in every market. There's about 225 TV markets, and they each have maybe two, three, some have four sportscasters, and that's it. Yeah. There's your, that's it, man. It's like making the major leagues. It, well, it's, you... it's, it's impossible. Carlo, when I was going to college, I had thousands of pe people tell me, you have no shot. Do something realistic. Well, how do you how do you make yourself how do you get yourself from Southern California to Midland, Odessa? Because this is oh well, that's like, that. Listen again, miracle story. So I'll go <laughs> through that one. So it was a. I mean, at, 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 I just did a TikTok video today on what I did at USC because I went I went to USC only because my dad was going there. Uh -huh. I was not your typical USC student. Now in 1979, USC was different than it is today. I'm not a fan of USC. I didn't, I, I didn't like it then. I don't like it now. It, it was it was a full of rich kids, rich parents, a lot of movie stars, kids sent there. I was an outcast there. My dad sent me there only because he wanted me to go to Zara. He went there. Mm -hmm. So, I mean, I was going to church every day at that point, really trying to be a saint. I, I graduated from USC, a virgin at 22 for many reasons, because I tried, but also because there wasn't a girl at USC that would say hi to me. I had no money. I wasn't good looking. I had a, drove a Buick. At that point, the kids that were going to USC drove Porsches, BMWs, Mercedes Benz. They yep. looked like models. I mean, I, I was I was completely an outcast there. But um, um, when I got to USC, I, I, I heard they had USC has a lot of connections because it's in L.A. Mm -hmm. So I went to the internship department at USC. And of course, I didn't have any money. I was a nobody. Most of the kids that went to USC had like their dads were like corporate guys. I'm some nobody. And they little laughed at me. They said, who are you, punk? Get out of here. There's like a thousand people who want an internship at a TV station. You're not going to get one. Get in line. Maybe you'll get one as a senior. I doubt it. I walked out of there going, I don't need USC. I, I, again, I've been punched in the face so many times. Mm -hmm. I called up KNXT. It's KCBS now. I called him up. Uh, I'm a sophomore. Because I went my freshman year, I went to UCI because my dad probably couldn't afford to attend me to USC. And he wanted me to work also. I worked maintenance at UCI when I went there my freshman year. Anyway, I go to USC as a sophomore. I call KNXT and um, a producer asks answers. And I say, real quick, uh, I called the sports department. And the producer answered. This was back when they were answering because they were looking for scores. It was the fall. So he, he probably thought I was a high school guy called. And I said, hi, this is John Fedko. I'm a student at USC. I don't want any money. I don't want any credit. I don't want an internship. I will work seven days a week, 24 hours a day. I will come in. I will clean your floors. I will get coffee. I will run errands for you. I'll wash your car. If you want me to come at 4 a.m. and uh, clean up the sports department, I'll do anything you ask. I just want to come into the sports department and work for free. You don't have to get any college credit. You don't have to get any money. I don't mm -hmm. want an internship. There was silence on the phone for about 30 seconds. And the guy said, come on in. Let's talk. <laughs> so I go to, I, next thing you know, next day I'm in KNXT. I mean, there's legends working there. Roy Firestone was the weekend guy. Jim Hill was there. He's still there. Um, I go in and this guy's like amazed at how much guts and faith I've got. And I, I, I said, I, and he, he said, kid, I mean, we, our internships have been filled for, you know, you got to get them like three years in advance. I said, I don't mm -hmm. want an internship. I don't want you to pay me anything. I don't want any credit. I just want to, I'll do anything for you. So, I said, man, I've never seen anything like you, kid. Sure. Come on in, man. Come on in. Listen to what happens. I started in 79 at KNXT. At, in CB, K, it's now KCBS in, in L.A. I, after I made that call, two days later, I called Channel 11 in, in L.A. They were a Metro Media. They were independent. They had a legendary sportscaster named Gil Stratton. 
producer got on the phone. Same thing. They called me in. They hired me. Now I'm working at two LA stations. All my prayers have been answered. What happens in the late 70s in LA? Here's what I get to cover. 1979, the Rams go to the Super Bowl. The Magic Johnsons drafted by the Lakers. They win the NBA championship. The Dodgers host an all-star game in 1980, where J.R. Richards, by the way, pitches. He ends up dying. 1981, the Dodgers go to the World Series. Wayne Gretzky's playing for the Edmonton Oilers. Guess who's in their division? The LA Kings. And, and, and these guys loved me so much at KNXT because I didn't care about school. USC was a joke. Mm-hmm. I, I was going, to, I was blowing off classes and going to KNXT. I was there every second of my life just sitting there. And they, what would they do is they sent a photographer out. There's only, you know, there were two superstar sports guys. They weren't going. So they went to the big games. And I would go to the photographer and hold the mic. I'm in the locker room with the Lakers interviewing Magic Johnson and Kareem Abdul-Jabbar. I'm in the Rams locker room interviewing Vince Ferragamo. I'm interviewing Fernando Valenzuela's interpreter. It's craziness. All these prayers that I prayed to God for were coming true, not because I had any faith, Carlo, because I had guts. I had guts to call the guy. And as I've always told my own kids, don't ever do anything for money. Don't ever do anything for money. Money and and pride will destroy you. Mm-hmm. Be humble. I never asked how much you're going to pay me until I got to Pittsburgh in 1987, ever. And even in Pittsburgh, I never negotiated a contract. I took what they paid me. Mm-hmm. I, 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 I tried to live my life as a Christian, like my faith. God's taking care of me. He's been really good to me. I was able to retire at 50, but I never did anything for money. I did it because I, 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 I didn't have any talent. <laughs> so I got to the perfect uh, world that you don't need any talent. The world of sports media. <laughs> it was a perfect thing. It was a perfect thing for a guy like me. Um, and so that that's what happened at USC. Now, now uh, uh, you asked how I got to Texas. Well, I loved Roger Staubach. I mm-hmm. loved him. I loved Roger Staubach. Uh, I was big. I was very religious, very close to Christ. Uh, try to be a saint again. I graduated from college of version at 22. I'd never even been on a date. And um, Roger Staubach was talk only one of the only guys who talked about his faith. Mm-hmm. And I mean, I literally was on my knees in 1975 when he threw that pass to Drew Pearson in Minnesota. I was on my knees praying when they when he hit that Hail Mary pass. And an amazing story, Carlos. Years later, in like the late 90s, I got to go out to dinner with Roger Staubach, and I yeah. told him that story that I was praying for him. When he made that pass to Drew Pearson. So anyway, I loved Roger Stark. I love the Cowboys. I love Tom Landry because of their because their their faith in God and they mm-hmm. openly talk about it. Um, and so I wanted to do sports in Texas. So when I graduated from USC, of course USC said you got no chance to be a sportscaster. Everybody wants to be a sportscaster. So I sent some tapes out and got the you know the projection letter that everybody gets. And um, I just my dad was an, again just a great guy. So I told my dad it's a true story, Carlo. I, I told God, first of all, okay, God, I've asked you to, I need a miracle. I, if, I've always, if you want a miracle, you got to act like it's going to happen. Okay. You got to act like it's going to happen. You can't just sit back and go, Hey God, give me that miracle. I'm asking. <laughs> so, uh, so I had a good resume tape because I'd been working at these two TV stations and how they pay me back was they let me make tapes. So mm-hmm. I got these tapes around like interviewing magic Johnson and the Dodgers are winning the world series. I'm there. It's craziness. The tape I've got. 
So I take this tape and I tell my parents, I'm going to Texas. I'm buying a one-way plane ticket. I'm going to rent a car and I will not come back. You will, I will not come home. <laughs> I'll either wow. become a sportscaster in Texas and I'll cover the Dallas Cowboys or I'll be a janitor or I'll uh, live on the street, but I ain't coming home. Mm -hmm. And God knew in my heart if I was really being truthful, but my dad knew it. My mom went nuts. She said, no, you can't. My dad said, let him go. Let him go. So I bought this one-way plane ticket and I, I, I looked, okay, where am I going to start with these job interviews? Mm -hmm. Because the great thing about Texas, especially back in 1982, which when I did this, <clears throat> was there like 20, 20 little TV stations, 20 little markets, I mean, markets. Yeah. So I was going to start at Odessa Midland. I flew into Odessa Midland and I was going to go down to San Angelo, go down to Brownsville, then head over Waco, go all the way up until I got to Amarillo and Lubbock and drop back. To, I was going to go to every single market in Texas. I fly into Texas, Carlo. First place I fly into. So I remember the night I fly in and I, I, I get this Motel 6 for like 30 bucks back then. And I'm on my knees praying to God, saying, God, I, 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 I need a miracle. I, I need a miracle. And all I kept God saying, as long as you don't do everything for money, always give me the credit. You'll get your miracle. So my first interview is at KOSA TV. Mm -hmm. I go, it's at 9 a.m. I go into the news director's name is John McCall. And uh, I, I give him my tape and I said, thanks for, you know, let me talk to you. I said, you know, I want to be a sportscaster. And he said, yeah, you and 8,000 other kids. And he pointed over to a pile. I said, let's see that pile over there. That's a thousand tapes of guys who want to be sportscasters you have no shot of being a sportscaster here because everybody wants to be a sportscaster so uh, the only thing we got right now is a, is a weekend weather guy or weekend weather guys leaving he said can you do weather and i said yeah there's your foot in carlo i've never done weather before <laughs> carlo carter you gotta listen to me i've never done weather before then he said, oh, you do weather? Okay, you'll be on an audition tonight at 6.30. Right after the 6 p.m. news, you're going to do our weather cast. See you back here. <laughs> so I walk out, go right to the church that's down the road and pray. And I come back, <clears throat> come back to the station. I found out they have a superstar weather guy. His name's Jay Gordon Lund. So he comes in at 3, and I go up to him. I said, Jay Gordon, I'm, I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, to you know, uh, audition for the weather team. <laughs> Can you show me how to do this? Guy's the greatest guy in the world, just the nicest guy in the world. So I watch him put his weather cast together. This is back with the boards. They, they, they had the plastic magnets and stuff. So he puts it together, and, and, and I watch him do the weather cast live at 6.20, and then at 6.30, I've got a mouse suit and everything. And they, they said, okay, we're going to go over here, and we're going to put you on the weather cast. And, you know, the news director's sitting back in the control room. Light goes on, Carlo. I'd never done a weather cast in my life. I did a three-minute weather cast. The red light goes off and the guy comes out of the control room and goes, you're really good. You got the job. You start in two weeks. Wow. Carlo, I never done a weather cast in my life. It was a flat out miracle. I was a weekend weather guy at KOSA TV in 1982 because it was a miracle. It was mm -hmm. a flat out miracle. And um, so I was a weekend weather guy and he's, I never asked how much I was going to make. He, he ended up paying me 10000 a year. And he said, you're going to be the weekend weather guy and you're going to be a photographer for the female, for the female reporters okay. during the week. Because they, these had these huge cameras that were called Ikigamis. They were gigantic, really heavy. And the female photographers couldn't handle them. So I was a photographer during the week. And I told the news director, I said, OK, can I do sports 
on my two off days for free. And he said, yeah, yeah, we're not going to pay you. I said, well, I'll do it for free. So on my two off days, Carlo, mm-hmm. I, I, did, I did sports reporting because there were two guys there, John Hambreck and Jeff Scholl with sports guys. Um, and I was <clears throat> a sports reporter who'd go out and do stories on my own. His high, his high school football was huge. Now, Carlo, Odessa, Texas, and, and I didn't even know this. I didn't even know this until I got the job. It's the home of Permian football. And when John McCall, when I got the job, he said, before you leave town and go back, because I went back to California and I had to come back in two weeks. He said, Are you, do you know what you're getting into here? Do you know what's going on here in Odessa? I said, no. He said, this is the home of the greatest high school football program in the country. I said, what? He said, yes, it's called Permian Football. We televise their games. They have a stadium called Ratliff Stadium. It seats 20,000 and it sells out every Friday night and we televise their games. He said, I want you to go down the street here and go see the stadium. And I'm like, Mm -hmm. okay. So I get in my car. I drive down and I say, wait a second. Now, this is a little town, Odessa, Texas. I start seeing this. That can't be a high school football stadium. That can't. I'm seeing this thing. It's like a mile away, Carlo. It's a pro football stadium in the middle of a desert. The parking lot's as big as a city. The stadium that Permian played in was in, now this, there was oil. That's what Odessa Midland was, oil. The the workers worked in Odessa. Mm -hmm. The oil magnets lived in Midland, 20 miles apart. This stadium was insane. So uh, I got to see, God put me in a place where high school football was everything. It was, and Friday nights, the Odessa Permian football team was everything. It was the lead story. It was the middle story. It was the end story. Then we would televise the game and play it back in tape delay. So that's how I got involved in high school football and saw how giant it could be. But there's one big miracle coming, Carlo. You need to take a break. Can I tell you about the big one? All right. Tell us about the big one. This is the big one. Whatever two. I'll tell you another one. So I'm this weekend weather guy, photographer, (laughs) doing sports on my off days. And there, I, feel, I see there's a weekend, there's a weekend sports opening at KIIII, the ABC affiliate corpus, because I'm keeping my eye on where they're. So I, I, I call up the news director. His name's Jock Minotti. I said, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a sports reporter, which I, you know, I was two days a week in Odessa. And, and, and it was a weekend. I said, can I, can I, uh, you know, I want to apply for your job. And he said, yeah, you and 8,000 other people. I said, well, I'll, I'll fly myself in. I want to show you my tape. And I was going to show my L.A. tape and everything. So I fly myself in. I fly. I pay for it, Carl. I fly down to Corpus Christi. That's way across the state. The interview lasts one minute. Jock Money puts my tape in and he goes, you stink. <laughs> he said, you're terrible. You're wasting my time. And I said, well, why, why am I any, not any good? He said, well, because your tape looks like everybody else. That was it. He said, see you. Bye. Threw me out. So I get on the plane and I say to myself, well, that was interesting. So I went to the, the, the assignment desk at mm-hmm. Odessa, Texas. I'm still the weekend weather guy. Mm-hmm. <clears throat> and I said, give me a, you got any, you got any crazy sports stories here? Uh, or anything that's interesting. He said, yeah, there's these two guys that ran the Olympics in like 1910. We were going to do a story in them. If you want to go do them, they're these old track guys. They ran, they were like in the Olympics in 1912. 
so I went and did this story, these two old guys who were in the Olympics and how they're still in great shape and they live in Odessa, Texas. And they have all these old pictures of them when they're in the Olympics. And then I also went to Odessa said, also they're starting a fencing team at Odessa Community College. Um, I said, well, let me go do a story. And so I did a story of these fencers. I did these two stories, which ran on the air at KOSA. This was this, this is the next day, Carlo. I did the next day I went to the assignment desk. The next day I did the story on the track guys. The next day I did the story on the fencing guys. And I sent the tape to Jock Minotti at K Triple I. I sent it overnight. So I had I think I had that interview on a Monday. By Friday, he's got a tape. He calls me up and he says, Fedco, you have got the job. You are a wow. new weekend guy. And he said, he said, the reason you got the job is because you had a one-minute interview. I threw you out of here. I told you you were terrible. And instead of crying, you actually produced two really good stories that I want you to do more like that stuff here. You start in two weeks. <laughs> so, again, my miracle. I go to KIIII. I'm there for three months. And the reason I'm there for three months is John Hambrick leaves KOSA, the number one guy. Mm -hmm. And... Uh, KOSA calls, hey, you want to come back and, 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 and do the weekends here? I said, yeah, sure. So I leave KIIII. They're really mad. I go back to Odessa. You can look this up on a um, on, online. November of 1983, um, Odessa Permian is playing a, a high school playoff game in uh, Wichita Falls, um, which is outside of Dallas. Mm -hmm. And, um, <clears throat> of course, we're televising it. So we send a private plane and a cast of thousands to the game to do the game. And I'm the only guy left back. The main anchor goes, the GM goes, all of our photographers. And, and I get a call at three in the morning the night of the game. The plane's crashed. Everybody's dead. You're the main sports guy. John McCall calls me. The plane crashed and killed them all. Now, Carl, I will ask you this. It's a rhetorical question. Did God crash that plane to make me the number one sports guy, KOSA at the age of 23. No. What did God do? He put me at the station where it was going to happen. The plane was going to crash. Those people were going to die. He put me there. Yeah. I was an overnight star. I was the number one guy. Everyone's watching us. The whole station's just been killed. All three networks show up the next day. The news director, John McCall, I'll never forget. He calls me in. I mean, we all, we're all in the the back in the station at 7 a.m. All the networks are flying in. This is a big story. You can look it up online. It's, it's pre-internet, but you can see the, it was the, it was, it led the network, all network news that night. It's November, 1983. I mean, it killed the GM. I mean, all these people were killed in that plane crash. Mm -hmm. You killed coming into Odessa, Texas, coming into the airport, something, something malfaction with a plane. So McCall said, first of all, you're the number one sports guy, period. Uh, you're my guy and uh, just don't do any interviews. And he said, anybody who calls me or sends me a tape will never work for me again. I'll never hire them if they call and try to get this job because someone died. <laughs> yeah, I remember, never forget he told me that. So uh, I become the number one sports guy there. The next year, Midland, uh, Midland Lee, which their, their, their head coach was Spike Dykes, who went on to coach Texas Tech. Mm -hmm. They went to the state championship. It was crazy. And so I went from there. Um, Covered Permian football, was a real big star there in Odessa. Then I went to Amarillo, Texas, um, and I, I, I really honed high school football, my high school football coverage in Amarillo, Texas. It really took off. What I was doing with Skylights, I was doing in Amarillo, Texas. We would do 12 games on Friday night. It'd be crazy. We called it Friday Night Lights. And I was part of a 
it was so good. Uh, some syndicate thing picked up my stuff and started sending it all over the state. Wow. So I, 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 I was in Amarillo for two years. I got a job in Milwaukee. The day I got the job in Milwaukee is the day I tried to get out of there. The only reason I wanted to get to Milwaukee was to get to a bigger market. Mm -hmm. So at 26, I go to Milwaukee. 1987, I, 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 I'm sending tapes to Pittsburgh and Philly. I want to get back to Pennsylvania. So I fly into um, Pittsburgh in 1987. And I, I interview with all three stations. KDK doesn't want me. They have you know legends over there, Johnny Steigerwall, John Sanders, Pompiani's over there. They don't need me. Uh, Channel Four um, uh, is interested in hiring me, but they have legends over there. They got Stan Saverin, mm -hmm. uh, Billy Hillgrove, Myron Cope. Um, so I mean, they, they but they're interested. I I I I said I'm, I want to come here, and I'm from I've been in Texas, and I'm I'm going to try to you know really up your high school football coverage. Well. <clears throat> Never forget, I went to church. I, the channel at this point, channel I had a really good take. So channel they had flown me in. <laughs> so I'm I'm um, I'm staying on the north side, and I remember I was still going to church every day. And I was I went to church down downtown on the north side before I went in to talk to Channel Eleven, and in the front row was Art Rooney of that church. In the front row was Art Rooney. He went to daily mass. So it was on the north north side. I'm in I'm in mass with Dilly with the Art Ram. I mean, this is a really good sign, I figured. So uh, <clears throat> Channel Eleven in 1987 was a dog. Um, they were they were number three. They were a joke. Now they had a legendary sportscaster, Sam Nover. They had two really good two and three guys. Derek Gunn was their weekend guy. He went on to be a star in Philadelphia. And Tommy Verado was a reporter. These guys were really good. They had three guys. And uh, so, the, I mean, they had a full sports department. Yeah. And they had a, a GM uh, named John Howell and a news director named Mike Sechrist. And these guys, uh, I, I, you know, I, I owe everything to them because when I went into that interview, they didn't really have an opening, mm -hmm. but they, they liked my tape. And John Howell and Mike Sechrist got it. You have to have management, Carlo, that gets it. And trust me, I worked for management later that didn't get it at Channel 11. There were some really bad dudes that worked at Channel 11, but, but not when they hired. Uh, this business is full of bad dudes. But these guys were really smart, okay? Mm -hmm. And I said, listen, no one's doing high school football here. You let me come in here and do high school football, and we'll own the town. And I remember Hal going, you know, I think you're right. I said, listen, I got no talent. I'm a joke, but I know you got talent here. You probably got photographers because of the Steelers who are great. He said, yeah. I said, give me those guys on Friday night. Give me your best photographers on Friday night. Mm -hmm. Give me your best editor. And I can just, I don't trust me. Trust them. I'll make it work. And they said, by the way, we got a chopper. I said, a chopper? Set me up in the chopper. They said, that's, Yeah. Skylights was born not because of me i again channel two they didn't want to talk to me mm -hmm. four did four had you know stan said they didn't want to hear it either basically but these guys at channel 11 these management guys got it they got it they got it they said yeah we'll do skylights now they were doing high school football with the chopper already but when they interviewed me it was the perfect i i said i'll take it the next level yeah, we got to do we got to do like 10 games. They said, well, I don't know if we'll be giving that many photographers. We started out doing four. But they get, uh, the one thing I said to them, 
and, and again, Carlo, if, uh, you young guys out there listen to me. I said, I don't care how much you're going to pay me because I, mm-hmm. I, I, you'll pay me eventually. I don't care what you're going to pay me. I care about the photographers. You got to give me the best guys. You can't give me the, the, the part-timers. I need the stars. And these guys were studs. These photographers, Scott Dobson, the late Timmy Holloman, who dies. I still pray for him every day, I swear. Ward Hobbs, uh, Paul Filey, Majewski. Um, these, these guys were uh, Rick Minatelli. These guys were out covering the Steelers. Mm-hmm. And I knew that the stuff they were going to shoot was NFL films type stuff, okay? Because they've been doing Steelers for years. So I said, give me these guys on Friday night. Whatever you're going to pay me, pay them. I need the best photographers. Because it's what they put on the air is what's going to make yeah. high school football. And they gave me Rick Minatello, who went up the chopper with me. And they gave me these stud photographers. And I, 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 I trust me. I'm a Christian. People don't get this. And you know, when you're a Christian, you always get crucified. So I, I had no idea they were going to make signs with my name on it. I would ask him for signs with my name's on it. I, but I did say, shoot the fans. Shoot the fans. Shoot the fans, the cheerleaders, and the bands. Because mm-hmm. they got parents. <laughs> shoot the fans, the cheerleaders, and the bands. And next thing you know, the, the, the community itself started making signs. And then there were these incredible places like Bell Vernon and Springdale, and Northgate, and they just went crazy. We'd go to these stadiums, and the whole thing would be signs, and when they, they come back with this, the photographers would come back with this stuff, and I'm like, these guys put a lot of work into these signs. We've got to show them. I know they say Fedco all over, and I'm going to get ripped for them, which I did, and I accepted getting ripped for it. Uh, mm-hmm. I knew the media was going to come after me. I knew the, the, the I knew that my co-worker, not, not only my co-workers, but the two and four of the guys are going to rip me, and I'm okay with that. When you're on the air, Carlo, you're free. It's free, man. What? Come on, man, crucified. Yeah. Because uh, I knew I was doing something different. I'm going to talk about this on Katie came opening show. 1989, Steve Hubbard, Pittsburgh Press, grades all the sportscaster. Grades me last, puts a D. It says the guy has no shot. He has no talent. He's a joke. They're going to fire him. And I agreed with him that I have no talent. And I agreed with him that I'm a joke. But the problem with it, Steve Hubbard didn't know was how much faith I had. And I was going to church every day. They weren't going to fire me. Johnny Howe called me up in the office today that morning. He said, Steve Hubbard's a joke. Don't listen to him. They're going to come after you. The media's going to come after you because they don't get it. Keep doing what you're doing. He goes, I know you're a Christian. I know you don't care about the signs. Your names are just trying to put it on here, which I really did. Mm-hmm. But it was all an act, man. It was all about getting viewers. Carlos, did you look at those numbers we put up in the 89 through 90? They were insane. No one was watching 2-4 and four on Friday night. Trust me, Carlo, nobody was watching 2-4 and four on Friday night. They were watching us. We were destroying people, not because of me, but because we had captured what was going on in Texas in 1982. They weren't doing it here, mm-hmm. okay? It was high school football is – Carlos, Carlo, there's two places where high school football is king, Texas and Western PA. Ohio's a distant third. No one was doing it, man. The miracle God gave me was I walked into a situation where nobody was doing it. Nobody was doing it. And, and Carlo, it wasn't me. It was the photographers. It, the photography was insane. These guys were incredible. It was NFL films type stuff. Yeah. Now, what was I good at? What was I good at? Here's what I, and I, I have no talent. What I am good at, Carlos, Carlo, what I am good at is I'm good under pressure. So I would come off that chopper. It'd be like 10, 15. These guys would be edited. I had no idea what those highlights were. They'd throw me a roster. 
and I just would add lib, but like Howard Cosell and halftime highlights. And by the way, that that's I grew up in the 70s, Brady Bunch, Banana Splits, Partridge Family, um, Howard Cosell halftime highlights. Mm-hmm. True story. True story. I'm doing the Cosell bit. This is a true story. And I actually want to talk about this in KK. I'm I'm doing the Cosell. I've never told this story, but I love it. So I'm doing the Cosell bit in 82. I know damn Chris McBurman is. For all I know, Chris Berman stole it from me. I don't know that. He's a he was an unbelievably talented guy. But I was doing the Cosell thing in the in 82, man. I'm an old man. I mean, I, I didn't get that. I Chris Berman, when I heard him doing, I'm saying I, I do that too. Because I grew up in the 70s with, with Cosell. I got yeah. that the halftime highlights. Ballet Kell, my luck. The, I mean, that's we would be doing it at school the next day. So, uh, you know, I'm doing it. John Howell and Mike Secrets, they're loving it. They're like, this is really funny stuff. So we hired this new GM from Utah. This is in like 2000. Mm-hmm. Howell retires. This new guy comes in. He calls me up in his office and he goes, this is, uh, this is a great story. He goes, Fedco, why are you imitating Chris Berman? I look at this guy and go, give me some GM from Utah coming in. Tell me I'm Chris Berman, dude, I'm an old man. I've been doing this since 1982. I didn't know Chris Berman was when I was doing this. Maybe Chris Berman said, what do you mean? What am I doing imitating Chris Berman? I almost went off on this guy. Yeah. And, you know, again, that's the problem with Pittsburgh. You bring us some guy from Utah. We had a couple of brutal news directors they brought in, one from D.C. They didn't get it. They didn't get Pittsburgh. They didn't get the Stan Saverin, the Billy Hillgrove, the Myron Copes, the yeah. Bruce Kydens. They didn't get it. You can't bring in out-of-towners that have no idea what they're doing. Mm-mm. because, And that's where Hal and Seacrest were awesome. Think of some of the stars, those guys. They brought in Margaret Shortridge. Do you remember Margaret Shortridge? Yes. From oh, She was beautiful. She was stunning. She was from Upper St. Clair. Margaret Shortridge. Now, I love Peggy Finnegan. Don't get me wrong. Mm-hmm. Peggy Finnegan was beautiful. Margaret Shortridge was the greatest star I ever worked with. Margaret Shortridge was a flat-out bombshell. Mm-hmm. And she went on to Chicago. But it was a brilliant hire. Those are the people you hire. You find a beautiful woman from Upper St. Clair who's really good. Bingo! Julie Bologna. Remember her? Yep. Center High School, now Central Valley. They brought in these people that were local. That's how, Look how two's done it. They're brilliant. They're brilliant. Steige. Uh, Papiani. These guys are from here. Yep. They're from Pittsburgh, Carlo. They and know it. Sa- Sa- Saverin, I still call him Mr. Saverin. I'm the JV. He's the varsity. I, I mean, Sa- I don't, Stan Saverin probably thinks I'm a joke, and I don't blame him. Stan Saverin was doing sports in the 70s when I, you know what I mean? Mm-hmm. Same to Billy Hillgrove. These guys are legends. That's what works in Pittsburgh. Now, I, the, the great thing about why I was so good, and this GM from Utah didn't get it comes in from utah and telling me why what are you doing dude i've been doing skylights in 12 years you're calling me up in your office rip me i i i started it when you're the first guy that starts at carlos carlo you win mm-hmm. it, that, and, and that's what Hal and secret got it they didn't have an opening when they hired me but they i talked them into it like man you're right we do high school football it's gonna take off and skylights in the mid 90s carlo was insane. Let me tell you something. L.A. called. I could have gone anywhere. Mm-hmm. And Channel 11 knew it. And L.A. wanted me because uh, they, 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 they started doing it in L.A. And um, 
And, and Hal called me up to his office because I never talked about money. And he said, John, we know L.A. wants you. And you know you can probably go there for a million. That's what L.A. was paying, Carlo, a million. Okay. Wow. He said, we're going to give you something we've never done here. He said, I'm going to give you a seven-year guaranteed contract to stay here. And I said, I'm in. I could have walked out the door, Carlo, yeah. and they'd have owed me seven years of guaranteed money. But they gave me the guarantee because they couldn't afford to match what L.A. was paying. Mm-hmm. But they want, but and they knew that I was a Christian and I wasn't going to burn them. And they also had seen and that I had literally said, "Don't take my money, give it to the photographers." I, I want, I, I wanted skylights to be unbelievable early on, and I knew that it had to be the photographers. It wasn't going to be me. You give me bad photographers, I can't, I can't do anything with bad video. That's they right. Come back here and the video stinks. It's going to be terrible. And if they can't shoot the signs or the cheerleaders, the bands or whatever. So those photographers did it all. They did the work. Mm -hmm. I just happened to be at the right place at the right time. Just like I was in Odessa when that plane crashed. Just like I got here in 87 and nobody was doing football. And then Channel 11 hires Peggy Finnegan. And then they hired Margaret Shorbridge again. Go back and look at tapes. Margaret Shorbridge was stunning. It was the greatest hire in the history of Channel 11. Mm-hmm. And um, and so to me, um, I, I was just grateful to be there. I was at the right place, the right time, Carlo, with the right people. And it was the, the skylights of the 90s, as you remember, was insane. Yes, I do. It was insane. And I loved when I got ripped. I loved when I got crucified. I know I, I, I did struggle with the humility part because mm-hmm. I... I'm praying all day to be humble. Here's these people making size. And I'm like, you know what? It's just part of the gig. Mm-hmm. It's part of the deal. It was like professional wrestling. I'll take the, I'll take the, I'll take the, I'll take the heat. I'm okay yeah. with that. Uh, well, so and, let me and, ask you when, when we get to 2010, why the, dis- why in 2010 at the age of 50 to walk away was you, you wanted to well, watch the kids here, grow yeah, up. That's, and- that's a great question, Carlo. That, that's a great question. I think, again, we're dealing with a, a management team. I could see there was, the guy from Utah was a GM. They had a D.C. news director was just a mean guy. Mm-hmm. Um, and, um, you know, the management team was not the greatest. But it wasn't that. It, it wasn't. But I knew that the gig wasn't going to last forever because I was yeah. doing crazy stuff. So, um, you know, it was music. It was, I could tell these guys, they, were, they weren't thrilled with Skylights. They, did, they didn't get it. Um, so, and even though the salespeople would tell me, it's like, we're making so much money off of this. Yeah. And I'm like, yeah, but I mean, these guys, cause guys coming in from DC, you know, he thinks he wants, he wants to cover like they cover the Washington Redskins or whatever, dude. But this is even, this is why this is what God pushed me out. He pushed me out for many reasons, but I had two boys. My dad, uh, loved baseball. So I love field of dreams. I love that mm-hmm. movie. Great. I, I, I hate movies cause most of them are immoral, but field of dreams is, there's only been in, in my lifetime a handful of great movies made the lord of the rings movies field of dreams one of them field of dreams is the greatest baseball movie of all time it's not even close so you know that movie really touched me because when my dad was in the military he was all, constantly out of town when he would come back he loved taking me to baseball games he loved it and he took me to baseball games all over the country now there was a year we were in fort leavenworth he was actually fighting in vietnam and we lived on a base in fort leavenworth but he would come back on breaks 
and we'd go to Kansas City World Games. Mm-hmm. And uh, he, he, he took me, he loved going to the Orioles and, and, and we were in Fairfax. He loved the Orioles. The Orioles, of course, were winning World Series. This is 1970. They had Brooks Robinson and Boot Powell and Jimmy Palmer. It was crazy. He would take me to Memorial Stadium. We'd go to Orioles games. He loved Frank Howard. We'd go to Senator games. Uh, we, went to, we went to Pirate games, of course. Philly games, of course. And the Phillies were incredible in 72. They had Carlton, even though they're terrible. I mean, he, I saw him. Mm-hmm. He loved baseball. He loved it. And so he loved taking me to baseball games. And so that I, I, I saw that, that Field of Dreams movie, and I was just in tears. I mean, at this point, they said, have a catch. It's like, I was like crying. Like, yeah, it's the greatest movie ever. So it was really, it really affected me. So I got married. I got lucky. I got married to a girl, a woman who was just phenomenal, great, religious. Jesus is everything to her. Mm-hmm. And I said, you got, we got to have boys that are going to be baseball players. And when they were born, the first one was born in 98. I said, Tina, when he's, when he's 12, I'm done. I'm done. I had seen what, what happened to kids by, mm-hmm. by 98. And even as I moved into the two thousands, I had seen, you can't raise kids and be a TV anchor at night. You can't do it. You can't do it. Okay. So I told him when they're 12, Tina, I'm done, man. I'm done. I'm done with this. I, 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 I can't be working nights. I want them to be great baseball players, the best they can be. So one was born in 98. I got another one in 99. Christian was born in 98, Kyler in 99. So I built a batting cage in my basement. <laughs> I took the money the channel gave me on a contract. I, I, I built a batting ca- indoor batting cage. I put a batting cage in my backyard, and I built a flat-out ridiculous gym in my basement. I'm talking where they're born, Carlo. <laughs> and I told my wife, I said, you know, I'm going to make them the best baseball players they could be. And when, when, when Christian's 12, I'm done. So uh, that that was it. So when so when he when when 2010 came around, 50 mm-hmm. years old, incredibly. Now, don't get me wrong about some. I, I went to some great news directors there and some really bad ones, and, and and good GMs and bad ones. But Cox that owned Channel 11, phenomenal place to work. They had a pension. I had a pension at 50. Wow. They were really good to me. Mm-hmm. Really, really good to me. I have nothing but good things to say about channel 11 and the people that worked there and the overalls it was great overall and especially my co-workers and the photographers unbelievable people just i i'm a nothing without those guys um so um i retired at 50 from there full time and i will i by that by this time when my son started walking i had thrown them 300 baseballs a day i had a batting case they were hitting 300 balls a day and i just wanted them to be great baseball players um I, I they ended up being ridiculously good in high school. The only reason they were drafted is because of me. If I could do it all over again, I would have left town. If I could do it all over again, I would have left because um, my one son Cotter wasn't drafted because he's it's, it's Fedco's kid. And I was, a, you know, people looked at me as a joke. So that really hurt him. I mean, mm-hmm. my son Kyler, listen, we won two state titles. His senior year at Pittsburgh, and the Pirates scouts were at these games, especially they were at the game at Union at Washington. In in the play in the postseason in 2018, my son Kyler got out exactly three times, and one was a sack fly. He got out exactly three times, all the way to the state title game. Mm-hmm. He like hit home runs in five playoff games in a row. He batted like 870 in the. I know it's single A. But don't give me single A when you're batting 870. 
870. Um, and so um, he had a ridiculous year, wasn't drafted, went on to UConn because the only reason he went to UConn was Christian went to UConn. Christian wasn't as Christian was great, but Cotter was a stud. And um, they both played at UConn. Cotter batted 398 his junior year, he was first team All American. First team All American. Mm-hmm. Um, and now he's playing the Twins organization, <clears throat> playing for the Cedar Rapids Colonels. And this is the great thing about how God does miracles. I mean, here I am in that movie, 1989, crying. Little did I know my son would play a pro baseball game there. They had a they had a minor league game. They had a minor league game there on August 9th, Carlo. He got to play in it. I saw your field. He goes one for three. He strikes out his first two times up. Then he then he has an RBI single, steals a base, comes in and and, and scores on a sack fly. Uh, to sit in that stadium. That, that, that stadium that's right next to the Field of Dreams field and watch mm-hmm. my son play a pro baseball game was insane, Carlo. It was flat out. It was miraculous. It was just like God rewarded me for going to church every day for the last 40 years. I mean, that's the kind of stuff that happens when you go to church every day. I mean, well, it's just, I it was ridiculous. For those at home, I don't want him to undersell this. When we talked about scheduling this interview, I gave my what I normally do with the days that I had available, and it was well Mondays work because those other days we watch you go you got to watch the boys play baseball. So yeah, um, Monday baseball's off on Monday. They don't play any games on Monday, so it doesn't play on Monday. It was two before yesterday. I have two last questions for you. My first wrap up question is. Is there one moment from Skylights that stands out to you? One out of all of them, is there one moment that that you just immediately think of when you think of Skylights? That's a real tough one, really, really tough one. But um, I, I, you know what? I, I I will say this: a lot of my memories in Skies do not have to do with the great teams but the teams that weren't good and to see the communities um, come out to see their team. There was a Springdale team that was 0 and 10. This is going to be it. They're 0 and 10. <laughs> mm-hmm. We landed uh, that they played, they played at a field that was like next to a factory. Yep. And um, we landed the chopper. The stadium is flat out packed. The teams hasn't won a game all year. I get out of the chopper, I feel like John Lennon. <laughs> There's like a hundred people asking for my autograph, trying to get a picture. This is the mid-90s, mm-hmm. pre-internet. And then I go in the stadium, and it's like, this is insane, God. I, I can't thank you enough for this. And to be in a stadium where a football team is, they're not good, but to see this community of Springdale, which I love Springdale. I absolutely love that town. Um, a packed stadium. Yep. The, 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 the team's getting blown out, but the people are out there supporting them they've made like you know a hundred signs mm-hmm. <laughs> uh with skylights i just remember going into that stadium that night going god this is this is miraculous and um this is a true story carlos um i was a, i was a mailman i don't know that i was a u.s usps postal carrier i did not i was a mailman it was two years ago and i loved it i loved it i was a carrier i didn't want to do the didn't want to do the um driving i wanted mm-hmm. to carry and i got a job in new kensington and i got to carry the route of springdale right that was next to the high school it's called springdale one that route it was one of the highlights of my life to be able to deliver mail to those people 
and 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 I really did it. Why are you a mailman? It's like, you know what? It's a true story, Carlo. This is, I try to live my faith. These people in Springdale, I'll never forget. I mean, the stuff they did for me. Mm-hmm. I'm going to deliver their mail for a year. I'm going to deliver their mail. Man. It's the least I can do for these people. I loved delivering mail in Springdale and New Kensington. Now, New Kensington was, that was Valley, and I delivered mail at Lower Burrow with Burrow High School. And it just, I just wanted to give back to the community. I needed a dose of humility. I, I, I have great respect for mail carriers. It's a tough job, dude. You got to be a good athlete to be a mail carrier, not the yeah. guy that drives a car. The guy. I wanted to do it. I wanted to prove I could do it. But I wanted to go back into these communities, and I wanted to do something for them. I figured, you know, I told my wife, I'm going to deliver mail. The go over deliver mail. I got to deliver mail in Springdale. I loved, I loved it for a year, especially the winter. Um, it was COVID. I just love doing it. And I, it's on my Twitter feed. Um, and that's on route. The shot of me at the cross is on route 30, which is in B- lower Burl. There's a guy that has a cross in his backyard that overlooks um, route 28. And on it's the just, way to I the mean, mills, I just right? love delivering mail. It's the big cross that overlooks the 28 yeah. on the way to the mills. That's correct. And I delivered mail to that house. And it was, uh, uh, I just love delivering mail. Uh, for the U.S. Postal Service, those guys are studs. Mm-hmm. Okay, those guys are working at post office at New Kensington are just unbelievable athletes, and they were. They were great football players, wrestlers, and the women who delivered were great athletes. They were great athletes, still are. Uh, those guys, I have so much respect for those USPS carriers. It's a great job. I love doing it. I was honored to do it, and the fact that I got to do it in Springdale. Uh, where you asked me what that's probably the highlight of my life is going to that, that that I'll never forget that Springdale team that was 0 and 10, but the stadium sold out and they act. I mean, it was craziness. Uh, a lot of uh, Northgate was another place I loved. I loved going to Northgate. I like, of course, I love going to Aliquippa, Manaka, which doesn't exist anymore. Yeah. Rochester. I like the little place, Newcastle. Um, just, you had the place rocking and clear. You had the clear, place rocking city of prayer. Yeah. Same there. I like going there too. Clareton, City of Prayer. Yep. I love going there. Um, so lastly, <clears throat> if you had to give advice to, and you've given a lot of advice, I think through through your stories and your experiences, you've given a lot of advice to the people if they were paying attention. Uh, but what advice would you give someone that wants to get into the industry? Don't do it for money. Don't do it for money. Um you got to want to, you got to want to do it seven days a week, 24 hours a day. Mm-hmm. You got to love doing it. And you got to be tough. You got to be tough. You got to, you got to ignore the criticism because if Jock Minotti doesn't say you stink, <laughs> I end up not being the sportscaster I was. Mm-hmm. I continue just to be the, the vanilla guy. And that guy forced me to try to look at things differently. Um, but the most important thing I'd say is have faith in God. You know, again, Carlo, everything that's happened to me has been a miracle from the, from the starting as a weekend weather guy. Mm-hmm. How, I mean, how, how I pulled that off. I have no idea how I did weather for, and I did it for six months. No idea how I did it. Um, it was miraculous. And, um, you know, I, I, I've tried to live my life as a saint. I've tried, I've tried to be a Christian. I've, I've tried to be moral, go to church every day. Mm-hmm. Um, it's a brutal industry. Um, you got to have, uh, and that's where Christianity helps you. Baseball is very similar to this. That's why I, I really, you know, I really studied 
dads and how the dads made their sons great. Now, Mickey Mantle is the most famous one. Now, Mantle turned to women in alcohol because his dad really messed up. His dad got the work ethic right, but he got the faith part wrong. And so mm -hmm. Mantle turned to alcohol and women. And uh, I made sure my sons had a lot of faith. And if you look at Kyler, even a lot of his games, even the Field of Dreams games, he'll have a game where he strikes out twice and hits a homer. That's how it is in baseball. You can strike out three times and hit the game-winning homer, and you've had a great game. Yes, you did. That's how it is in this business. Uh, you're going to be in this business where you're going to meet a lot of mean, evil people, especially the management on management side. Um, you got to be who you are. You got to be Carlo. You can't be what somebody else wants you to be. You got to be who you are. And once I, I had a lot of faith to do stuff that was really goofy. And the reason I had a reason for this, and by the way, I mean, we were doing, we were playing on this stuff. Again, I go back to the management. There's great management in TV and there's bad management in TV. And that's why Carlos, I could tell you right now, you give me a TV station in Pittsburgh and I'll have every single person watching it. Cause I know the format that works in Pittsburgh. You, um, I had management that, that really got it. And mm -hmm. so we, 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 we wanted to get every viewer we could on skylights. So not only did we concentrate on the bands, which were, these little kids are incredibly talented. You know, the kind of work those bands put in, the bands were ridiculously talented, the cheerleaders and the fans and the stands and the people and the kids. But <clears throat> I would do those skits. I do those funny little skits. Now, why was I doing those skits? Not because I'm some, I am a clown, but I mean, the reason we were doing the skits was we knew there were people that could care less about sports. Mm -hmm. So we figured, well, how can we do crazy, just get people to watch? Like, what's Fedco going to do next? Let's do these crazy Saturday Night Light skits. So I do these skits, and they'd always, we go back and look at them, and I loved them. They'd always, of course, make fun of me, you know? And I was, I would, I would take the criticism that I was getting, like, in the paper, and I'd play off, like, we'd have a guy play. And it was always usually um, uh, Jack, oh, the guy, I forget his last name. But, but anyway, there was a great reporter um at our station that would play my boss and he'd call me into the office and say you're a clown you're a joke no one's watching the ratings stink and, and then guy would run into me with boxes and we would just do this crazy stuff that would kind of make fun of me every yeah. week we do these little skits and of course it would always end with this guy running into me with boxes and the reason that started carlo was i was in a game early on it was like 1988 and some kids said hey can we run into you with boxes i said yeah that sounds pretty funny they ran into me with boxes i started doing it every weekend i just started going to these then they'd start then we did this thing where a guy would come out of nowhere and hit me with boxes we were doing it for 12 years and um there was a guy named rick minatello um who was really really good at shooting these things and putting them together mm. jack etzel was his name jack etzel he was a genius and he would played my boss a lot of these things and then it was funny because as we got into it was funny because as we got into the 2000s i actually was making fun of my bosses little did they know <laughs> but it was it was it was a great way to um get people to watch like what's mm -hmm. medco gonna do next the people that really didn't care about sports and we'd make these skits would be like a minute long and I, I had the DVE guys doing it. They were hilarious. Credit Paulson. I mean, these guys were hilarious. I had Freddie Foo. I would get uh, all kinds. I get people in my neighborhood. There was a <laughs> chiropractor, Dr. Semkovich. We'd use, I mean, I get these people to do crazy stuff. And um, it was just part, it was part of the fun. We wanted Skylights to be an event. Mm -hmm. It ended up being 15 minutes. We ended up doing, it started out at five minutes, ended up being 15 minutes. 
And uh, it was all because of those photographers, man. I'm not, that's not false humility. These guys were just crazy good. I mean, they were really good. They'd come back with stuff and I just would add with it. I, but, you know, I'm like, I do the banana splits and the stuff that I've been doing as a kid. Howard Cosell. I was doing that stuff as a kid. Well, I, I wanted to, I want to say thank you very much. And, and I understand that you're a very humble person, but from what I've seen for, or what I saw from the time I was a kid all the way up, it was a get home and watch channel 11 because you got to oh, watch, you got to watch skylights. So um, thanks. And it was a team effort, Carlo. Again, that wasn't me. That was those photographers and the management. And it was just, everything was a perfect timing thing there. Well, we've come to that point. I wanted to say thank you for taking the time. Um, best of luck this year. I'll be uh, tuned into KDKA for the I'm looking forward game to it. show. Um, you can find us, for those of you that are looking to stay with Dingo Talk, you can find us on YouTube, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, iHeartRadio, uh, Instagram, TikTok, and Twitter. The only place that you have to look differently instead of typing in Dingo Talk, you have to add an underscore to the Instagram page or you're going to find wild dogs. I'm not a wild dog. I promise. I'm, I'm me. You, this is John Fedco. I'm Carlo Guadagnino. Um, but that's what you're looking for. You're looking for me. You're looking for my face. You're looking for this logo. Um, this has been Dingo Talk. I am Carlo Guadagnino. John Fedco with KDKA Radio now. Uh, check him out this fall for the high school football games. Fedco, John Fedco, thank you very much again for, for stopping by. Thank you so much. Thanks. It's been an honor to be on your show.